For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You're listening to The Kelly Green Show. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Bunch of underdogs. And you know what an underdog is? It's a hungry dog. Hungry dogs run faster. And that's this team. Here's your host, Football Kelly. Welcome back to the Kelly Green Show on the Eagles Unfiltered Podcast. I am your host, Football Kelly. We've gotten to hear from some of the players and coaching staff over the last week. Speaking out, the Eagles fans got to hear firsthand from Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Lane Johnson, Brandon Graham, Jason Kelsey, and Fletcher Cox, all fan favorites, about how things are changing and how the offseason has been going so far. In addition to this, the Eagles signed Ryan Kerrigan since I last recorded. As always, there is so much to talk about when it comes to this team, and I am very excited to discuss all these things with my next guest on the show. From CBS Sports Radio, WIP, and Last Out Media, Vince Quinn. How are you doing, Vince? Hey, I'm doing good, Kelly. Thanks for having uh, me on. It's a pleasure to speak to you about everything going on, so let's get, get right into it. The latest news is Ryan Kerrigan crossing enemy lines to sign in Philadelphia. Fans got to hear from him on Monday. What are your thoughts on this signing for the Eagles? Oh, I love the signing. It's it's a great move because one of the things is when you think about Washington and what they've done over the past couple of years, they, they're like the Eagles in a way where they just believe in defensive line and pass rush and they just put a ton. I mean, how many first rounders have they put into that team? So for them to do that constantly, it's not even necessarily that Kerrigan is a bad player anymore. He's still really good, but the problem is they just invested so much and they had so much depth and talent there that it just made sense to move on. He still gave him, what, five and a half sacks last year. He was uh, good with the transition, like he was very gracious about it, and he was supportive with the team. So for him to be that kind of guy and for the Eagles to be building that new culture again, I mean, it's it's just a great fit. It was one of those things that I didn't ever consider the idea of Brian Kerrigan being an Eagle. It was kind of weird. Um, but now that he's on the team, it's like, yeah, this is great. Like, I, I'm a huge fan of Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah, Let's it seems kind of like a no-brainer. I mean, uh, when you look at culture fits and things that you're looking to establish, like leadership and and build the development of this D-line, uh, you, you saw them draft several D linemen in this current class. We have some young guys coming in that they're going to learn from some of the best players uh, just being on this team. So that's exciting in itself just from a player development standpoint. It's hard to think of a lot of positives that come from the 2020 Eagles uh, season, but the defense was third most in sacks around the NFL uh, adding a rotational playmaker like Kerrigan could possibly play, pay some dividends for 
uh, Jonathan Gannon trying to establish himself as a defensive mind in the NFL. I mean, he's really trying to create a name for himself uh, that he hasn't yet been able to do fully yet. And I would be excited to see what that D-line looks like with a player like Ryan Kerrigan joining the mix of BG, Fletcher Cox. Uh, you know, people have a little bit of a negative feeling about Barnett, but I think that he's a young possible playmaker himself. Uh, Josh Sweat as a young player. So a lot of players that could create some problems for an offensive line and a quarterback uh, this coming season. Well, yeah, and, and the nice thing is, too, if you look at the Eagles and what they did this year, I mean, they drafted so many guys that are going to be pass rushers. Like, that is what they did. So it's it's not just that they added so much youth, but they got veterans all over the place to work with these guys. And so that's one of the things, too, about building foundations and doing that with the new coaching staff and a new group of players. But keeping the organizational identity, keeping up that philosophy of, hey, yeah, we are going to rush the passer and do that all the time, and that's what we want to be. So now you've got Fletcher Cox – uh, treating the next Aaron Donald, right? In uh, Milton Williams, yeah. it's just like, all right, no this guy is the next Aaron Donald. Yeah, so it's like, all right, who better? You know, give me Fletcher Cox working with him. That's awesome to have um, Ryan Kerrigan now to be working with these different guys, whether it's Barnett or uh, any of the players they drafted. It's just to see all that kind of youth and that veteran presence and guys that just get it and the culture, Brandon Graham gets it, gets the culture so it's a perfect match at one of the most important spots on the team. And it's not even about feeling good this year, although it certainly does. Um, it, it's the next couple of seasons and, and what this team's going to be. So you got to feel good. Yeah, and that. it makes me feel happy that we don't have to play Ryan Kerrigan twice a year. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that part no of the doubt. signing. It's great. Yeah, it is one of those good feelings. I figured this isn't going to be like Al Horford, where it was like, man, he's really killing Embiid. And then he gets here and it was like, oh, God, now he's killing us <laughs> as a member of the team. So I, I don't think it's going to be like that. I think Kerrigan's going to be just fine. And it's a question of how many years we can get out of him. Does he stick around after this year? But Either way, having him even for a season is just such a nice thing. Yeah, and it doesn't hurt to have depth. I think we've learned over the course of the past few years that depth is important. So uh, putting him in there uh, on a rotational basis or even, you know, potentially uh, with a larger role is going to be good for us. Oh, no doubt. I mean, the injuries just (laughs) – I don't know who they angered to get this level of injuries over the last couple of years. But, man, uh, it's – it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So, yeah, they need depth in the worst way, and they yeah, got it. And, and not for too much of a cost. I think it was a very reasonable signing uh, as far as cost was concerned. So definitely on board with that move. Uh, got to give Howie props for seeing that uh, opportunity and going for it. There's another move that could potentially be made. Uh, one name getting a lot of attention right now is Julio Jones. What are your thoughts on the potential of the Eagles trading for a guy like Julio Jones? Yeah, so, you know, like two years ago, it's the kind of guy that you have to think about. It's like, hey, can we go and get this elite player and bring him in? But they just don't need him right now. I mean, like a first-round pick to get Julio Jones isn't worth it. As much as I love him, uh, he's still one of the best wide receivers in the league. But it's just, what's the point? You know, if anything, I look at people, like if anybody wants to go and trade for Julio Jones, what I've been telling them is, we just drafted him. You know, like, you got Devontae Smith. You got a great receiver out of Alabama. He's won a Heisman. Like, that's what you believe in. You know what I mean? Like, let him grow with Jalen Hurts. They already have a relationship. They're already doing stuff together. 
let's see what that is. Like, I don't want to take away anything from Devontae Smith for the chance of getting the ball to Julio Jones and allowing the team to go, I don't know, eight and nine and get a wild card spot or something. Like, I just, I don't see the point. And and it's not even just Devontae Smith, but it's also Jalen Rager needs more snaps. He didn't get a lot of those last year. He's going to be in a better role. John Hightower, Quez Watkins, if any of those guys stick, like, what does it look like? So I just, I'm more excited for all of that. And Julio's a big name, but it, it's just not the time. I totally agree with you. I think a lot of players around the league are pitching for Julio to come to their team. But ultimately, what it comes down to is what the Falcons are willing to part with him for. I mean, trading for him seems like a good idea until you have to start parting ways with first round picks, second round picks. Um, so exactly what you said is my mindset. It would be nice to have him, maybe, but ultimately I don't think it's the Eagles that will be the ones to to make that decision. I am kind of happy to hear that he feels very confident he's on his way out because week one looks a little bit easier. Yes. Well, that's that's a huge thing, right? And Mike, the beginning of the schedule is brutal. It's brutal. I mean, there's a stretch. It, I, I forget the exact number, but it was somewhere you could say, like, do they go one and five? Do they go two and four? Like, you got a lot of really good teams up front. Lots and of travel, so too. thinking that Julio Jones. Lots of travel, that? too. Well, yeah. So it's like that is your really – that's your hardest part of the schedule. And obviously the back end is a whole different story. But the beginning is tough and having a new coaching staff and people are on the fence with whether or not they like those guys and – it's just one of those things where you want it to be easier if possible because there's so much more at stake at the beginning of the season than it is for a typical Eagles year. So I want to see them win early. Julio Jones has killed them at times, or you know, occasionally he's missed a ball at the back of the end zone. That's that been was nice very too. nice. But yeah, it was it was a beautiful thing. But it, there were things to worry about with him. And so yeah, if you're taking that off the field and now it's I mean it's still a deadly receiving group that they got over there, but like you feel better without Julio Jones. And so, yeah, let's uh, – well, hey, based on his TV, his spontaneous, uh, unbeknownst-to-him TV interview, it sounds like he's yeah. gone. <laughs> and he's not going to Dallas either, by the way. I, How like, about that? I like him more already. I, I mean, I already was a big fan of Julio <laughs> Jones, but hearing him say that was like music to my ears. Um, if you had to guess what team will actually end up trading for Julio Jones, who would it be? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I've seen Cleveland floating around. That one's really fun. I mean, obviously, the biggest thing is the Packers, right? Like, if you're trying to get Aaron Rodgers to stay, and they've got the cap space to do it, and he's trying to win now, and they want to get over the hump. I mean, if you have Devontae Adams and Julio Jones, yes, like, it's totally unfair. But it solves the problem in the best way. So, like, that's a a win-now move from a team that needs it. They get Rodgers to buy in for a couple of more seasons. They need that. And there you go. You're, you're off and running. So they make a lot of sense. Uh, the 49ers make a lot of sense. And we'll just see whether or not they make the bids. Yeah, absolutely. So what has been driving me crazy over the course of this offseason so far is how the front office of the Eagles has kind of ignored the biggest, in my opinion, need on the current roster. We need a CB2 in the worst way across from Darius Slay, but we've brought in some new guys to fill some holes on the depth chart, but no one really answering that question. Um, Over the past few years, we saw Howie Roseman wheeling and dealing for some young guys with maybe one year left on their rookie deal. 
most notably Ronald Darby, Timmy Jernigan, uh, Jay Ajayi, and most recently Jordan Howard. Any current cornerbacks that you're seeing as upcoming free agents in 2022 that could fit the bill and, and make sense for an Eagles trade to get ahead of it? Well, yeah, I know there's there's going to be people out there, and for the Eagles, they'll certainly look in free agency. But honestly, to me, the, the biggest factor I think you look at with this team, and, and based on the track record with Roseman, because it, it is Ronald Darby, but also Rasul Douglas, Jalen Mills, Avante Maddox. Like they've, they've drafted so many guys and wanted to be young there. They just haven't been able to do it. I think they address it next year. I think that that's the draft next year. You know, I think because they have the chance to have three first-round right. picks. So – if you have all those first-round picks, like, now you go and you can aggressively – like, this year we've had the conversation about Sertan and J.C. Horn. What if it's both next year? You know what I mean? Like, whoever those prospects right. are. So I, I think they looked at the situation as we could go and address this problem right now, but we have so many other foundational spots that we want to fill. And also for them, I mean, they were able to work out some things at safety, and uh, they really value safeties as well. So I think – they said, okay, in the hierarchy, D-line is number one, safety is two, corners three, linebackers four, and that's how they've treated this. So they're going to get killed. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to tell you to get excited for certain games. Like Dallas is going to be a problem, yeah. you know, but you can't fix everything in a year. And so if they're going to go and draft guys next year, that's what I'm most excited about. And, and the nice thing is that, you know, there's always corners on the market. There's definitely talent always available. And they'll be able to get somebody, especially as a CB2. Like yeah, certainly a lot of Eagles fans have been uh, kind of clamoring for Steve Nelson to possibly be the guy that comes in in free agency. But that really has to be addressed as far as what price he is asking, because we don't have a lot of money to offer. So I wouldn't get mm-hmm. too many hopes up saying that maybe he's a, a plug-and-play player, but um, yeah, right. Like some free agents are out there that could potentially fit that need and at least get us a Band-Aid until next year when we can address it. But at least a little bit of me is happy that we took a wide receiver in the first round because then it's almost like you're giving Jalen Hurts the tools to prove himself. And if he can be the guy, you don't have any questions. You know that he had a capable wide receiver Um and in Devonte Smith, you had, you know, an offensive lineman early in the draft. We went, you know, pretty high and heavy on offense uh, this year. So the question really is if Jalen Hurts can be the guy in a shootout. I mean, that's what we're going to see if he's going to be the guy. Yeah, no, hey, let's be real. There's going to be shootout situations where, like, they're going to be down a yeah. lot. And they're going to have to get some points on the board. So, yeah, we're going to get a look at that. And for the Eagles, for what it's worth, they're trying to be a shootout kind of team, right? Like, going back to last year with Hightower and Watkins and Rager, like, speed was such a big thing. Marquise Goodwin, even though he didn't play, speed was a big thing. Now Devontae Smith is really fast. So they do want to get plays down the field. Now is Jalen Hurts capable of doing that? I don't know. Like, how much arm strength can he add in an offseason? Is it enough? Does it mess with his accuracy? He needs to improve that too. So there's a lot of questions there. And 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 for now, looking at this team, I want to make sure he's a ball control quarterback. You know, as much as that's not exciting. Like, if the Eagles with Sirianni, and this is how it seems to be shaping up, they're going aggressive after offensive linemen, same way with defensive linemen. 
sounds like they want to run the yep. ball. You know, Kenneth G- Kenny Gainwell is here. Jordan Howard is competing right now. So you got four running Carry backs on, on the team. Carry on Johnson, yeah. So so for all of those guys right now to be competing with Miles Sanders, that's great. But it tells you they're probably looking to run shortened games, all that kind of stuff, because that's what they should do. Like they're just they're not a great team in terms of overall talent. They're not going to be running and gunning and outscoring people that way. So they just got to hope that, hey, Hurts can make a couple of plays with his legs. Now you're making some quick passes here and there. They could do some screens and try to break big plays that way. But, yeah, it's like can he even – if they're going to be a – I don't know, I guess now the schedule is different, like a 7-10 and 10 ball control but shows you some upside quarterback. I hope so. Like that's the, that's the minimum bar that I'm looking for here. And once he crosses that, uh, we figure yeah, it out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, Jalen Hurts – is kind of a dual threat running, throwing. But like you said, if you're a run-first type offense like we are assuming Sirianni might be, then establishing the run will make it so that our defense isn't on the field as long. You hope, you know? You hope the defense (laughs) doesn't have to be on there because then the D-line is fresher. They're able to pass rush more. Um, So definitely hoping that that can be something that we see at least in 2021, not trying to get people's hopes up, but I am excited about what happens. Like, I am just so curious what this team will be. Like, what will we see? Well, yeah, that that's such a, a big thing, right? Because, like, the identity of the stuff, you always expect that you know, like, based on, oh, we coached here with this guy and he brought in this person on the staff, but you just never know until you see it. And so seeing, okay, what does Sirianni bring over from the Colts? Maybe he had some ideas because let's be real. I mean, he has a boss. So if he goes to Frank Reich and he's like, hey, I want to run this thing. And Frank Reich's like, no, (laughs) then maybe there's stuff that he's got. You know, I mean, as we know with Sirianni, and I I think this is the phrase of the year, he loves ball. I mean, he's, he's a guy that loves ball. He's a big fan of ball. He's always talking about ball. So I hope he's got some like other tricks up his sleeve and little gadgety things that he wants to work in based on what this team has, but you just don't know. I mean, I was reading something today. It was like, is Zach Ertz going to get cut? And <laughs> it's like, okay, well, is Sirianni going to allow that to happen? Does he value having two tight ends like that? Or is I obviously have to wonder if Ertz is going to want to stay or if he's forcing it too. But if I'm Sirianni, like I'm begging Ertz to stay. I'm not. I don't want to get rid of a potential Hall of Fame tight end. You know what I mean? Yeah, it so like, hurt to have how does that tight factor ends at all? Yeah. So like, how does that factor into what they're trying to run and who they want to be? I don't know, but I want to see it. Like, I just, I, I can't wait to see what. They I am do. totally in agreement with you on that. I have this segment on my show called the Kelly Green Lightning Round. It's quick questions, fun answers. Are you ready? I'm ready All right. to go. Do you think the Eagles will carry three quarterbacks on the 53-man roster? Yes. Yes. I'm going to go with three. They, absolutely. They love quarter, they're love they a quarterback factory, uh, Kelly. That's the worst thing I could have heard all day. <laughs> <laughs> Just brought back so many memories. What's your go-to <laughs> move in rock, paper, scissors? Ooh, uh, I want to say that I'm a rock guy. I'm a scissors guy. I'm a scissors <laughs> guy. I tend to lean scissors. I don't know where that came from. Uh, I don't know if my track record is good either. I would say I'm probably a 40 win percent, but I'll take good. it. I'm a scissors guy. And, 40% yeah, is pretty good, <laughs> so, I think. Um, yeah. Th- what, yeah. All right, what's anyway. your biggest concern for competing next season, the Eagles offense or the Eagles defense? 
Oh, it's the offense. It's an offensive league, and so the offense, you don't know what it's going to be. You don't know what Hurts is at the middle of it, and you're going to ask a lot of questions. So offense for sure. Fair enough. Best guess, who is going to be the most important free agency signing from this offseason for the 2021 season? Ooh, okay. That's a, now I got to try to run through all the guys that they just signed. Um, I'm blanking on his name. The safety from Minnesota. Oh my God. What's Anthony. his name? Uh, Anthony. Ed, uh, Ed, no, not, not Anthony Wilson. Wait, I'm like, how am I? I was going to say Anthony Edwards. He's not Anthony Edwards. Harris. Um, well, this Anthony Harris. It, there it, it is. Literally Anthony Harris out of is my mind be. when you blanked on it, and then I. I went nowhere with it, and then I was like, it's Harris. Okay, Anthony Harris. Yeah, there we go. See, this is the off-season energy, right? As we get training camp and we dust off the cobwebs, we'll be spitting all this stuff out yeah. like crazy. But Anthony Harris is going to be the guy. He, I thought he was super underrated. I'm, I think it's crazy they got him for the deal that they did. And, uh, again, they really care about safeties. So, yep, there you go, I like Anthony it. Harris. What current Eagle do you think has a future career as a TV personality or sports radio host? Oh, there's a lot of guys that would fit this bill. I mean, Lane Johnson having a podcast makes all the sense in the world. Uh, he's already yeah, got one, I believe. So, like, yeah. So, he's going to translate just great. Uh, he He's absolutely built for that, Lane Johnson. All right, I like it. All right, thank you for participating in the Kelly Green Lightning Round. Let's talk a little bit more about this team before we go. What was your biggest takeaway from the leaders of the locker room talking last week? So the biggest thing for me, and uh, this is something we got into a little bit earlier, but Brandon Graham was talking about the defensive line, and he's like, man, all these young guys they brought in, woo, like they're good, man. Like they're really good. I thought they'd been around for a year or two already. So for him to show that kind of enthusiasm about all of these young guys and some of them changing positions and uh, changing schemes and all that, so for them to go through those kinds of changes and Graham to be that kind of level of impressed, because he doesn't have to do that. I mean – he could easily just come out and go, yeah, you know, the young guys look good. But he was like, no, like they look great, these guys. <laughs> and he was really hammering that home. So that's that's a wonderful feeling. And, again, Graham being with those guys, like that's a that's a great mentor to have. So you figure it's only going to look better. And I love hearing that. That's yeah, and we me. didn't even know if BG was going to be here this year. So it was nice to uh, see him back in Midnight Green again. Uh, we were kind of speculating potentially he might not be able to fit due to the cap situation. So definitely happy to have him back. There's one guy who's very quotable early, early on in his tenure in Philadelphia. Rent is due, and he does not plan on missing any payments, Mr. Jalen Hurts. Uh, I thought it was very interesting what he said about accountability during his press availability. Did you – like glean anything from him saying those kinds of things? Uh, I mean, you, you certainly can. <laughs> you certainly can. And I think we all agree on that. Or mo- enough of us agree on that at this point. I'm certainly in the camp of Wentz did not really take enough accountability at all. And it didn't even sound like, you know, because when he was here for him to not take accountability is one thing. But then to have everything go down and leave and still sound like he's not taking accountability for what went on. Uh, you know, not a great look for Wentz. But for Hertz, yeah. I mean, Hertz is doing all the right things. He's already meeting with the wide receivers. He's working out with them all the time. Uh, he's showing up at Sixers games, and he looks great sitting in the front row. Wait, it's like, all right, yeah, this the is – offensive linemen. That's a Yeah, like those – Make them your friends. It's a great move. They'll block yes. better. So, like, he's checking all the boxes. Uh, Devontae Smith loves him. 
So there's enough things in his corner already that if you're trying to root for the guy, it's very it's easy. Very to root easy for. to root for him. I am definitely in that corner. Uh, as we kind of touched on this a little earlier, there were a lot of injuries last year. Of the players coming back from injury, who are you most looking to see a big year from? So it is the future star of WIP, Lane Johnson. Yeah, because okay. um, yeah, I, I, like, if they're going to be a ball control team, then Lane Johnson's got to be the guy. I mean, you just got to see it from him. Jordan Mailata is a good player, whatever. They're drafting some other guys in competition and depth. But, like, that's one of the best tackles in football. So he's got to be healthy. You know, and for Brendan Brooks, like he's been through a lot. And so you don't know what he's going to look like. It's just like if I'm going to really believe in one guy and anchor in one guy and I think is more important, I'm going with uh, Lane Johnson. They just you got to have whatever the closest thing to 100 percent is that he's got. And I can't wait to see what he looks like if he's looking good with yeah, the system. And what you kind of said is kind of in line with what I was thinking. I was thinking Brandon Graham has to uh, Brandon Brooks needs to be OK. And. For him to come back, you know, from such a serious injury, not play all of last season, he really does need Lane Johnson next to him. I mean, that makes a world of difference for those two to be next to each other and be able to play with one another again. Um, That just kind of makes the whole thing run as smoothly as possible for a young quarterback and a pretty young backfield, I mean, considering. Yeah, no, young backfield. And the other thing, too, with Brandon Brooks, I mean, think about, like, the the panic attacks that he's had. And that's happened when Lane Johnson hasn't played. So the security that he feels, like his ability to play and be available based on Lane Johnson being there, that matters. So, like, Lane Johnson does help Brandon Brooks, and and that's why you need to pair. Totally agree. So the NFC East is very unpredictable year to year. Do you think any of the other teams have been able to firmly move ahead this offseason to uh, win the division? People are going to say Washington's made significant moves. I disagree. You don't like this uh, as, as great as – well, that's the thing. It's like if your biggest argument is the – I'm being sarcastic, by the way. Yeah, no, I know, but that's the thing. Is That's what people are saying, though, Kelly. Serious. Like, that's the thing. Yeah, so that's the problem. Like you can't, you can like you can say it in a tongue in cheek and and smirk about it because I've done that and it's funny. But like you can't. Let's be real here. The guy has bounced around from a million different teams. He is a roll of the dice guy. He's been hot in the last couple of games that he played, which means he's destined to be cold in the next few. And to believe that that is the piece that gets Washington over the top. I mean. It's ridiculous. Like, it's a completely ridiculous thing to believe that he's going to seal the deal for them when he's going to directly cost them games, no doubt about it, and he's got more games to do that. So uh, I I don't buy the Fitzpatrick stuff as much as it's fun. And so, yeah, I I would say nobody set themselves apart yet. I I don't know what Dak is going to look like with the horrible injury that he had. So, yeah, I, I'm going to wait and see with the division. I just don't – no one's I impressed I did me. think it was interesting that the Dallas Cowboys went so firmly defense in the draft because clearly they didn't re- really need to upgrade too much on offense. They do have a, a very solid wide receiver core. If Dak can be who he has been in previous seasons, he's managing, you know, their expectations. He can protect the ball, de- be responsible, be that type of player for them. But then, you know, their their defense was awful. So if they if they can really up, upgrade, I guess that's kind of what their mentality was. But then they almost 
left themselves without much depth. You know, like that's that's kind mm-hmm. of the trade-off you get when you go so firmly one side of the ball as they did. So that's kind of the only thing that I was looking at. But the the Giants are the ones that paid a lot of money in free agency versus the other teams. Galladay, they brought in John Ross on a flyer. Um, what are you thinking about them? The Giants are so poorly run. It's crazy how poorly run that team is. It's it's really unbelievable. I mean, I Joe Judge is doing stuff with the team, so good for him. But, like, to sign Col- uh, Kenny Galladay, who I think is a great receiver and a really nice ad for them, but then also spend your first-round pick on a wide receiver when you have Sterling Shepard uh, and and uh, Darius Slayton, like Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley. Like, they have weapons and everywhere. They, need a, they needed and some to- other positions addressed. So I was I was surprised they were going for Devontae Smith, to be honest. I thought maybe they'd go O-line or something. Well, yeah, and they they made it abundantly clear because I would talk to Giants fans, and they were like, dude, they're going receiver. And I was like, really? That doesn't make any sense for them. They signed Galladay. Like, why? And they're like, no, trust me, they're going receiver. It's like, all right. And sure enough, they were going wide receiver, and the Eagles blew everything up with the Smith pick. So good on the Eagles to read that and, and capitalize on it. And for the Giants, they made a panic pick that they didn't need to make. I mean, that – that the the receiver was projected as like a second round guy, and they went after him to play the slot as a first rounder. It was just like I, I this is a mistake. So uh, I'm glad the Giants blew it. I welcome and the as much as they've got some mistakes, talent. as long as it's not us. Well, yeah, and, and we've made enough of our mistakes now, so we're due for a hot Absolutely. streak, right? Like it's it's just time. Absolutely, so it's we're on the opposite end of the Fitzpatrick spectrum. Yes, right yes, now. yes. That's a positive <laughs> note. I love to end on that. So, thank thank you so much for coming on to the show today, Vince. I really, really appreciate your time. Uh, why don't you take a few minutes to talk about any of the projects you're working on? Well, yeah, so I'm doing a lot of stuff on the radio. If you're up late at night, uh, especially on the weekends, I'm on CBS Sports Radio. That's 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. But the main thing is uh, Last Out Media. So running a podcast studio right outside of Philly. We're in Feasterville. It's me. It's John Barchard. And we've got a fully functional studio. So if you want to record a studio, bring in four or five of your friends, like you can record in our space. We've got professional engineers. That's what it's there for. We do coaching. So if you want me or Barchard to listen to a show give you feedback. We do that too. So um, for anything that you could want with a podcast, production, uh, post-production, whatever it is, we're here for you. Lastoutmedia.com. And Philadelphia is full of fans that love podcasts, love to voice our concerns, voice our issues with the team. (laughs) I am one of them. So I respect what you're doing. I appreciate all that you're doing. Please go give him a follow on Twitter. What's your handle, Vince? It's Vince Quinn, and that's all one word. It's Vince Quinn is where you can find me. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, and I'm technically on TikTok, but I haven't posted like anything. You have to do one of those dances next time. That'll that'll really go viral, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know what the opposite of viral is, but it would do that. Yeah, well, you know, that's okay. (laughs) That works too. Be sure to subscribe to the Eagles Unfiltered podcast for future episodes of the Kelly Green Show and Fly Eagles Fly. Can I pop a beer in here? Your cousin from Boston. Sam Adams Boston Lager is my go-to beer. Not too heavy, not too light. Oh boy. That's, oh no. Is that on the computer? Sam Adams Boston Lager. The Boston Beer Company, Boston, Massachusetts. Drink responsibly. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.